Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm no <laughs> Yeah, so this is kind of weird. We actually had breakfast this morning, even though you're back home in London. Yes. I'm I acting like it's a mystery how that happened. <laughs> I know. How could you have possibly traveled <laughs> within a day? <laughs> it was an airplane technology. But yeah, we had breakfast this morning. You were in town for like a couple of days. Yes, for work stuff. And I was so happy I got to squeeze in some time with you guys and see my little nephew. And it was wonderful to see you. But I was kind of sad when I had to leave as usual. Um, but when I was packing up my stuff to head out to the airport, I took off my boots and there was one of his little puff snacks in there and it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> oh, he's so silly. He rarely gets them in his mouth. So I think that's really adorable. I'm glad you had that <laughs> when you were packing. So oh, you yeah. also, so not only did you have that, you had a work trip, as you mentioned. So you were really busy this week and you actually crammed a lot of DH <laughs> in a short period of time. Yes, I was sitting at the airport, thank goodness for free Wi-Fi, and I caught up on like two and a half episodes while I was at the airport, and then when I got home, the girls were super happy to see me, but I also had to say, hey, mommy has to watch these for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, priorities, kitties. (laughs) That's funny. So, okay, so you've watched them. Okay, because so, yes, we couldn't talk about pop. this at we couldn't talk about this at breakfast anyway because you hadn't <laughs> seen them. But now that we're recording a podcast, I I need to get out my frustration. Okay, I cannot be more irritated about everyone's reaction to Julian dumping Kim. Like I just don't even understand the chaos surrounding this event. Like he okay. broke up with her. Big deal like uh, like see how I left that blank space in there insert whatever story <laughs> you want so, so what I don't understand like what I find super comical is when Drew like Drew goes to confront Julian because we all know the deal and Kim failed to mention to Drew some vital information as to like why Julian broke up with her so that was super funny him like going on and on but I mean personally I love the way Julian handled it, but what kind of took me by surprise was that Drew, of all ways of describing who Kim is to him, referred to their kiss, even weirder, as it's just a kiss between exes. (laughs) Okay, so you... (laughs) Okay, you took the words right out of my mouth, because listening to that, I didn't know the cardinal rule. Is it like a Port Charles rule? Is it like a, it's a new one. world rule? It's like, okay, you're allowed to, a kiss doesn't matter. And a kiss between exes apparently matters even less. And if it's at midnight, cool. It doesn't even exist. No, it barely exists. It's sort of a ritual <laughs> and you've you got to do it. So, I mean, this really, like, blew my mind because we talked about this the week before, that when Kim went to go see Julian, she kept saying things that ultimately <laughs> wasn't helping her case. Like, in a really soft voice, she kept saying, we were reminiscing. It was really weird. It's like she was kind of setting the mood as to, like, I was just like, what are you doing? 
thing. And the same thing with Drew. I was just like, you're there to try to like, you know, you're, you're, first of all, you didn't know he knew about the kiss and now you're trying to play it down. Like, I'm sorry, but when has Drew ever referred to Kim as an ex? He can't because he doesn't remember her that way. He literally only knows her as his baby mama. That's it. Drew, that's a very good point. And if we're still continuing with Drew, or if you want to jump into Alexis confronting no, Julian about it, all of it, all of it bothers me. All of it bothers me. The whole thing. Like, everyone would not stop telling Julian that the kiss didn't matter. Drew was saying that. Kim was saying that. Obviously, both parties who kissed are, like, really eager to get that point across. But then Alexis, what? What? She shows up and decides, you know, I really think I should insert myself into this. <laughs> this discussion here between Julian and Drew. And then she had the nerve to try to talk to Julian and go, you know, the kiss really isn't such a big deal. You're going to let this all go over a kiss. And I'm just like, okay, but it's his choice. Like, I'm just saying, Alexis, you have much lower standards. He tried to <laughs> slit your throat and you're all, let me be wherever you are. It's like, that's the thing though. Where, when has Julian ever tried to place himself where Alexis is? He doesn't show up at her work. He doesn't show up at the law firm. She's constantly showing up where he is. Well, at Charlie's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just mad. So I'm saying everywhere. It's a little exaggerated. (laughs) But when you were saying that, I can just picture Julian showing up at her office, like with his lunch, pouring a beer, just like doing random bar stuff, but at her work. It's really funny. (laughs) Oh my God. So it's just like, I I couldn't understand why she sort of inserted, inserted herself into the situation and so okay so so not only is she telling him it's not a big deal then she tries to kind of make herself somehow prominent in this whole scenario so then Mm -hmm. she starts going wait a second let's talk about (laughs) it even more in detail let me think here did you lead them to believe that we slept together and he's like well you know didn't deny it and so now she feels that okay Kim, you know, fine, they broke up, but now Kim's son is dying. But I think she's interested to know who I have and have not slept with. I think, if anything, <laughs> that's the first thing on Kim's mind. And she'd be grateful if I went to and, and talked to her. Talk about mm-hmm. bad timing, especially the montage of Kim, like just yeah. searching and searching and searching for alternative treatments. And then Alexis walks in to talk okay, about Julian. So right before you continue... When Mm -hmm. Kim's like freaking out and it's a very emotional scene and she's crying and she like slams her computer and then somebody knocks at the door and she wipes her tears and kind of pulls herself together. But when Alexis opens the door, the curtains were open. So if Alexis was looking in, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even catch that. That's so hilarious. If Alexis was watching that whole thing. You'd think that if she saw all that, she'd just sort of go running in the opposite direction. Obviously, she knew something was awkward. The moment she walked into the office, her face was kind of like, oh, like, maybe this isn't a good time. Maybe this isn't appropriate to talk about right now, but let me do it anyway. Like, that's the thing. It's like she went against all better judgment. And I was just so baffled. Like, I'm watching this whole scene with her, and I'm like, she's a lawyer, right? Don't you have to be smart to be a lawyer? So why is this conversation happening? And then to come to find out that she's on her way to Cameron's hearing. So right before you have this hearing, like a work-related matter, you're like, okay, agenda, squeeze in, talk to Kim about my sex life. What? It is the ideal moment in time. I I, I couldn't understand, but you know how you talked about like, 
Kim being unaware of the love triangle between Drew and Julian. It looks like she was very much aware of a love triangle between her, Julian, and Alexis. Like, yes. she went at her. Yeah. So one That's... out of two ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Name of our podcast, thank you. That's what I'm going to use this week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. so true because I was really surprised by the amount of emotion Kim had towards Alexis <gasps> and that she described um, what it is like having Alexis in the room with her and Julian. Maybe that why she didn't care what she was doing with Drew. Oh my gosh! Now mm-hmm. we're talking about it. And you said, like, Kim obviously had this pent-up rage that she disguises. I'm totally fine with your ex constantly at Charlie's and going to couples therapy with you guys now that you're not together. It's super <laughs> fine. And super so normal. Now, now, I kind of understand Kim's logic as to why she felt it was appropriate to kind of cross the line with Drew a little bit. Huh, we're onto something here. Yeah. Okay, Kim. I get you. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I'm not angry anymore. So do you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, okay. I do have a little something to say about their chemistry between Drew and Kim. Because I thought about this as well. Um, okay. So a lot of people, you know, like when we're talking about Drew and Kim... I mean, our opinion is more like it looks like they're putting them together. So we're just kind of asking Drew to just get a little bit more enthusiastic about the whole thing. And so whereas a lot of people just feel flat out, there's no chemistry. So let's just kind of not do this thing at all. And there's people who obviously prefer Drew with Sam and say that he has more chemistry with Sam. So Dark and Sophisticated says Drew has absolutely no chemistry with Kim. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about his chemistry with um, Sam because this week Sam goes to talk to Drew and we'll get to that in a bit. But when they were together, I do admit that there was more of an ease with Drew. He doesn't really like give us a lot of emotion, but I have Mm -hmm. to say in comparison to when he is with Kim, he seemed a bit more at ease. And then I thought about it and I'm like, well, wouldn't it make sense that there's ease and chemistry with Sam because he willingly married her. And he never divorced her because he didn't love her. I think he just saw yeah. where all of this was going. That ultimately, even if they stayed married, they would have ended up in limbo and she would have chosen Jason anyways. And I think yeah. he sort of knew the outcome and he just took an out early on and just sort of tried to move on as quick as, quick as possible. But then with Kim, this is not somebody he remembers. It's someone, if anything, he should have intense feelings for but it's not there. So maybe the awkwardness between Drew and Kim is not about like a lack of chemistry, but maybe it's actually intentional in the acting because of the nature of their relationship. Oh, you dug deep. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on mat leave. (laughs) (laughs) I like it though. And it does make sense because... You're looking for something. You don't know what it is. There's a whole history that he's completely unaware of. So, yes, I would also feel awkward if somebody, you know, is telling me all of these stories and is outwardly, you know, sharing their love with me and our stories that I have zero recollection of. Because it sounds nice, no? Like, it sounds nice, right? Like, when she describes her kind of love... Doesn't that sound like something anybody would want? And especially if he, you know, he went through this horrible divorce. Wouldn't anybody want to feel those great things? But he just doesn't. But it sounds nice. So maybe I'm interested. But 
it's just an, it's an odd situation to be in because they were just sort of thrown together. Absolutely. And so intensely over, you know, the course of Oscar's treatment and everything they went from, yes, they had to be together to raise Oscar and to talk about those things. But now they were in close quarters for such a long period of time. It's, it's weird. But you pointed to something. They came together for Oscar. And so all interactions have always been about Oscar. So they've never really, you know what I mean? Like they've never, it's not like they decided they were, they're hanging out and they're in contact because she was from his past. It's no, you have a son together is pretty much the basis of their relationship. So, I mean, I know this is like tough because we're talking about all this like interesting, fun stuff. But we did get some really horrible news this week about Oscar. Oh, we did. And that was absolutely devastating. I was very hopeful that things were going to be on the other end. Like, we're going to get positive results. Me too. Like, it really shattered my, um, like, my hope for how I thought the storyline was going to go. But I think my hope came back sort of towards the end of the week. And I'll get to that in a sec. But I'm just okay. saying, okay, don't you think that the way that the test results were delivered like, couldn't they have, could they have been any cru- more crueler to Drew? You have two doctors exchanging I doctor know. files and looking at pictures. To be honest, when she was like the tumor size <laughs> changed and she was going back and forth, I actually thought it shrunk. Like, I was looking at the images <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm like smaller. They like different in size. And then they're like, no, there was no change. But yeah, I thought it was kind of crappy that she was just sort of sitting there and being like, I need to know if my son is dying or not. Can someone just tell me? Yeah, that was really weird. And even the fact that she handed over the images for her to look at, like deliver the information, speak to them both in a way that they can clearly understand. In the end, yes, she's a doctor, but they're a couple and they're parents and they're waiting to hear about their kids' news. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, I mean, look, that was the news that they got could not have been more horrible it really wasn't even what I was expecting when I was watching so I think if anything we were you know we all were reacting at the same time mm-hmm. and I think as parents and as moms we know where she's coming from and how devastated she was but I was really thrown I, I understand the logic behind it but at the same mm-hmm. time I was so thrown when Kim just sort of uttered let's wait a day <gasps> I know I gasped at the tv um I was wondering or thinking like did you not learn anything like, yes, I think there's something in the water that no one learns a thing. But not that it's like, <laughs> did you not learn anything and, and you not telling him, like, created a lot of mess. But the fact that mere seconds before this, she was in the room with Oscar and he mm-hmm. basically asked to come back home. So that solidified the end of that whole bad chapter. Really? I'm coming That's home. Funny. Everything is back to normal let's just get back to where we were and put this behind us. And she was willing to kind of shake that up again. And I mean, I know that's kind of maybe pushing and saying she was willing to do that again, given the news she had just received. Like that was a lot to take, but thank God Drew was there to be like, no, dumb, dumb. We're going to tell him now. Like that's what I was. I was just so thankful that, you know, Drew was there to say that to her. And I don't think he'd have taken no for an answer. Like, I think he's kind of at this point, after everything that's happened, solidified a spot where he gets to say no to Kim's suggestions. Well said. I was going to try to put together those words, but you said them perfectly. So, yeah. So that was pretty tough. But before, like, Kim went to go get the test results, there was a scene in Oscar's room where Shiloh showed up. <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost forgot about that. That was so insanely weird. One, the way that um, Oscar was so in awe of him because they make him seem like a celebrity and that he's of yeah. such a significance in their household. And that 
he didn't know that, you know, the whole fakeness of we don't know really where, who he is or no, we don't what at he's all. doing there, really. And why did he go and see him specifically? How involved is he in everybody else's lives? It's just well, all becoming so weird. Well, think about it. You know, like, I, I don't even know if Oscar really ever, I don't even know if Oscar really ever met him when, or met him like before. It. I. And and the thing is, I, like here Shiloh is coming to see Oscar, but he's also coming to see Oscar after he found out who his father was. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was thinking. Where and was he I, before? Right, and like the thing, what was super funny was how Joss took oh, all yeah, of two seconds her. to catch on. Meanwhile, Christina showed no eyes. Yeah, she's just staring at him. She's like, I don't need to think. Life is, will just take me where I need to go because it has so far. Um, so it was just kind of insane that you just, you know, Joss is this high school student. And here she is able to recognize, like, what's going on here and, and just the whole thing in general. Anyways, she obviously caught on that something's fishy. She's ultimately Carly's daughter. So I don't think we should be all that surprised that she's able to pick up on these things. It's just her whole demeanor. She stood up straighter. She walked right up to him. She had a line of questioning for him. She was just so on point. I loved it. It was incredible. I'm sure Sam was like, I wish she was my sister. <laughs> She's like, I would, have, I would have much less to on my plate, much less to worry about. If Joss was my sister, I wouldn't have to be, you know, I wouldn't worry about her being pulled into a cult, like, at all. But, like, you had mentioned, like, the whole Shiloh thing that we don't know where he is. And honestly, another week's gone by, and I'm at a loss, and I just go back and forth. And I have, like, no clue. But just to get into the Shiloh stuff, so Sam goes to talk to Drew about Shiloh and what's going on with her. But I kind of thought, because she went to go see Drew... I kind of thought she was there to talk about, you know, if you're going to go talk to him about what's going on with Shiloh slash Hank, wouldn't you frame it in terms of how it relates to him? Of course he cares about you and what happens to you and what happens to Christina, but shouldn't you have led with the information that your son was living with him? I know. I was screaming at the TV, like, here we go again, missing important parts of the conversation that you should be sharing with your counterparts. <laughs> yeah, because she she ignored that part and just kept going on about why, like, that she was worried about Christina. Without that vital information, Drew's kind of like, all right, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Like, what else is he to say? But something that was interesting was that while she was there, um, Carly showed up. And that this is when Sam sort of finds out about Oscar. But what I think is really interesting is that, you know, people have been wanting, you know, more of Drew and Jason, you know, forming a, a relationship. And I really do think he's coming back into the fold, like back into the fold with Carly, back into the fold mm-hmm. with Sunny. Sunny did visit him, visited him later on. Well, today, actually, on Friday's episode. So that's kind of interesting, showing more scenes with Drew and the people he used to be sort of pictured with uh-huh. on the soap. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Before I forget, we were talking about Shiloh and we kind of led into Drew and Sam. What did you think about the scene? So after they leave the hospital room, Shiloh and Christina leave Oscar and Joss and he's speaking with her, but he's standing awfully close. Like Shiloh and Christina are standing close and then he kind of brushed her hair out of the way and he, he said it in just such a creepy way. Like, if you need anything, anything, let me know. And I just got goosebumps of creepiness. Yeah, I don't even want to see my face right now making, like, disgusted face because I was like, I just don't know because, like, he, when he's alone with Christiana, we saw this last week, he kind of changes his demeanor entirely. And so then, <laughs> tell me what you think about this scene. So, 
Jason and Sam confront him. And I kind of did not expect that to happen so soon. No, I, <laughs> I was really shocked. I thought they were just going to go along the lines of questioning, um, light kind of conversation. She just delve, dove right in. <laughs> I mean, okay, so that was interesting. So they go and they meet. And so clearly they're waiting for Shiloh. They have this like little interaction. It's just so funny. Just the body language between Sam and Jason, you know, standing close together, standing apart. Like he walks close to her when he feels the need to kind of get between or be protective of her. So all that was kind of fun to watch, like their dynamic. But the thing is, I'm paying close attention here because because it's a mystery. We really don't know about Shiloh. He obviously does not come off as a good guy, but it's really hard Mm -hmm. to know in what ways he a bad guy who he really after what's this really about we have a lot of information about his connection to sam but we still don't really fully understand it so i'm trying really hard and paying attention to all of their scenes and then at the end shiloh walks away and then sam and jason are like so like what did you think did you and so i'm like wait a minute this was like a there was a plan <laughs> i just didn't understand so it looks like they were attempting to try something i'm guessing to get some information from it but i was so at a loss and i'm like i don't I don't what it what what, <laughs> what is the thing so far? What was the plan? Was it her being emotional? Her trying to seem vulnerable? Her reaching out to him and connecting with him, but making him think that he's the one making the connection? No I clue. thought about it a lot afterwards. I was just as surprised as you. I'm like, what was the plan? Can right? somebody clue here? <laughs> well, I think they tried to kind of clue us in, like because Stan just started talking about like conning 101. Like, just I guess ultimately what we can take away from it is that they feel that he's running a con based on his communication style. That he okay. probes and asks questions. Like, I'm I'm talking this out now. With you. The <laughs> only thing I can get from it is that they were trying to lead us through because it wasn't straightforward and didn't really make sense to me. And I'm like. This was what? <laughs> like, what came out of this? But I mean, nothing really came out of it because he didn't really give them any information. And I don't know if Sam and Jason really gave him too much information. So that whole Shiloh thing is ultimately a full on mystery. I know. It's one of those, it's kind of like our um, Michael baby story. It's, it's kind of underlying, it's creeping up, it kind of goes back down, we're kind of creeping up. We don't know what's going on, but I'm thinking about it constantly because his face one part of him creeps me out but then when he helped the homeless guy I was like oh like maybe he's nice a bit but but that's exactly I feel like I'm on a stuff. like you're nice you're not you're nice you're not pretty sure you're bad so it's just like my brain is gonna explode when it comes to him but you know what I'm not gonna lie I, I'm interested to see where it goes and this is why I feel this way because I just want the answer um so yeah I'm not exactly mad at the fact that they're not really handing us everything so far and it's coming out bit by bit. So it gives me something to kind of look forward to. Um, so yeah, so Shiloh is cray cray. And also I I'm, I kind of want to know um, where Daisy fits into this whole thing. So looking forward to seeing that. Oh, okay, so I have a little bit of a theory on the whole Daisy thing that I thought of today. Tell is me. That, <clears throat> okay, so Sam breaks it down who Shiloh is, you know, who the father is, how she's involved. Yeah, And then there was, you know, earlier in the week, we were talking about how Oscar looks at him like he's, you know, a rock star or some sort of very oh, significant no. person. So is Daisy a little bit obsessed with Shiloh, discovered this on her own, and is just trying to seek redemption for him by herself? Oh, that's kind of possible. Because that's, that, that's sort of like the wrench in the whole thing, is when Shiloh seems surprised about some of the information. Like he was saying, yeah... I, I didn't actually know who you were. This but that's an interesting idea. And then it, it'll connect to Christina because I think that if Daisy is obsessed with Shiloh and sees the closeness between Shiloh and Christina, there may be some things that go down there too. It feels dark. I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. 
Okay, well, let's lighten it up. Since we're talking about all of our fun characters, Sam, Jason, Christina, one thing that really made me laugh this week is Alexis. When she walks in on, as usual, Sam and Jason. However, oh she's like gosh. super chipper. And she's like, oh, Christina moved out. Well, she's an adult. She can make conversation for herself. And then she says something like, fake it till you make it. And I bust out laughing because two seconds later, she turns around and she's like, oh, good to see you, Jason. <laughs> I, I, You know what? Something has happened with that apartment that I feel like every time you throw in a third person with Sam and Jason, we get laughs. Oh, I love it. It was amazing. That scene was just oh, top notch this week. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. I mean, Alexis has her highs and lows, you know? <laughs> like, that was a high. Everything with Julian and Kim is a big low. Like, honestly, yeah. this week, I was just like, do you think you're dating both of them? Like, do you think you're in that relationship? <laughs> because her over-involvement in what's going on with her ex is really, it's 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 really too much. Like, when she had a quick scene with um, Finn at the, at, um, the floating rib... Yeah, I kind of remembered a better Alexis. I really did like her with Finn. Like, obviously, Finn's great with Anna, but I feel like mm-hmm. Alexis was a lot less crazy when she was Finn. When she was with Finn, <laughs> when she was Finn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's a whole but, other story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so she had some low moments this week. Oh no, they get lower. So in the can situation. <laughs> so so in the can situation, she she basically tells them don't tell the judge the motive. <laughs> okay, like, but, okay, I'm gonna pause you right here just because this is a typical Port Charles court scene where the world is allowed to express their opinions. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, even before she tells them not to do that, I love it. She leaves Kim, goes to the courthouse, and then says, you know, we'll be okay if this judge, but if this judge comes out, we're screwed. I was like, why would you tell that to, to them? Because now they're like even more scared. These are the things that maybe you should just keep to yourself. And so um, I was actually really happy. I was really nervous for Cam, though. Like, I was really nervous. Things have been like bad news all around that I was really scared for him. But I mm-hmm. love that. I have to say, I really like that Elizabeth stepped up. She's like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to trust the second best lawyer in town. And I'm going to tell the judge what she needs to know because it wasn't looking good. So I really like that she did that. She stepped up for Kim. But then so did Drew. Like all these people, like you said. (laughs) People are just coming out of the woodwork here to help him. And I mean, I'm glad Drew showed up. I actually didn't know that he knew about the situation. But honestly, I actually kind of forgot that he was one of his temporary dads. Me too. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of interesting when you think about Cam and Oscar and their friendship that basically they shared a dad for a little bit. Aww, so they're kind of so, like yeah. brotherly. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. And I forgot about the relationship that Drew would have had with all of Elizabeth's kids, including Cameron. And not only did he step in and, and defend his actions, but Cameron seems really happy. And I'm just glad for Cameron. I was glad that for once he had a lot of people that were pretty much telling him you're a good kid. Because we don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Cameron's often on his own. And it's often other people telling Elizabeth that he's a good kid. So it was nice to have her kind of say it and everyone else kind of say it and have all these people show him support. And honestly, it was just the, the moment. Because when Drew like offered him a job, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like He was a father figure in his life. And Cam was really happy. I was just yeah. sort of thinking, huh, this is interesting. Cam's starting to work at this corporation. Like, mm-hmm. what could this mean for him? And I'm starting to see the things. He wore that suit. And and even just, like, earlier when he went to go talk to Oscar and super sad thinks that Oscar yeah. is 
getting better but he was there with the suit and then Joss walked in and I don't know if you noticed that but like when Joss walked in like I rewatched it a few times her eye contact is only on Cam and she's reacting to the suit and in the background you have Oscar kind of just staring but kind of like squinting in this hey what what's going on like you happen to lie to me kind of a thing which was really hilarious and then if you note Cameron kind of cracks this joke um, dressed like this because uh, we're going to be celebrating. My grandma's going to be mayor. All, all the uh, like soon to be royalty in Port Charles. So it's just sort of funny, like all these little hints of him kind of stepping up. And I just think that Drew's offer might be the key to Cameron stepping up in the world. And when you think about their status, because in their family, the point is, is that, you know, even though Jason once bought her a house and she's now with a guy who's also rich, the concept is, is that they don't have money and that she's a nurse. Okay, that's true. We've spoken about that, the whole she represents, you know, she's the single mom, she's the nurse, she mm-hmm. works long hours. I really, really hope that that's the direction they're taking Camry. He is so well suited for that, pun not intended. And I did notice Joss when she saw him, she was kind of like, oh, okay, eyebrows up. You look good. It was very, it's, very cute. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I just thought that would be a really interesting storyline, you know, that you know, his mom has always had to work and then here he is coming up and possibly being very successful in business. And then it makes me think about the future even more because him and Spencer, I mean, Spencer hasn't grown campus, but the whole <laughs> thing when they were both little <laughs> was he used to call Cam a townie and, you know, he was a, quite elitist when it came to Cam. But now Spencer's in a situation where he doesn't exactly have his home or let's yes. just say all of his inheritance and it's all to mm-hmm. Valentine. And so, I don't know, I'm super curious down the line, you know, will Spencer hold on to his riches? And what happens if, you know, you flip the script and here you have Cameron, your cousin, I think, yeah, your cousin, who's like super rich now. And honestly, he kind of probably has to be rich to be with Joss. He totally would have to be. Because remember, I feel like he's kind of a, a did I say he was a Jax or a Sunny? I can't even remember anymore. No, you said Cam was a Sunny. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't and know. Oscar was a Jason. <laughs> so I don't know where, oh, so where, where this I'm is going to so, yeah. But yeah, yeah so, so I think it'll be really interesting because we, we have said in the past that more and more they kind of keep carving Cam into a person that Joss would really want to be with. Yes, so true. So yeah, really happy about that. And speaking of Joss, she had some really amazing... Uh, scenes with with her mom as usual this week so I mean she was really devastated when she found out about Oscar she wasn't the only one a few other people on Instagram had some reactions and you know I can't help it I kind of feel the same so Combs 57 said I'm tired of GH always killing off kids find a way to keep Oscar alive blue Kai girl one says I hate this storyline why can't he live and everybody be happy that's sort of my mentality. Um, Beard God 473. This is, okay, so this is interesting. I mean, an immediate healing is unlikely. Let it take its course, and I doubt that Oscar will die. Franco had an inoperable tumor as well, and he's still living. So that is really interesting Ooh. what this person said, because I did find, like, the moment that they said the trial was over for Oscar, to mm-hmm. me, it was like, Oh, that's fast. And so that makes sense, you know, because of the pace was so quick, we kind of maybe need to have more because we haven't had any experience of him being sick with Jocelyn. That's a good point. Like them living their life and him getting sick and it progressing. So I kind of think this person has a point. And this is where my hope comes from is that I think that now that the trial is over, because we have said this, a miracle will come in at the last minute. 
this isn't the last minute. Good point. So Very yes. good point. So yeah, I'm really interested and I can see your pixels 93 said that broke my heart to pieces. So everything like with, um, with Oscar and stuff like that. And so, yeah. So Joss comes home and it doesn't start off emotional, but she kind of starts off by telling Carly what she needs from her and basically taking on this whole, I'm going to save Oscar. Oh, it was heartbreaking. And the whole time I was really sad and, and really into it when Carly looked at her and we love Carly's mothering. So yeah. <laughs> when Carly looked at her and said, let me take some of your burden. I started crying. <laughs> she was so amazing. Murmur 50 oh. said, I love their bond. And so mm-hmm. this is like the fact that you're talking about, you know, the words Carly said, how great it was at Chris R hood on Twitter said this, I thought the Laura and Eden scenes together were outstanding today. Thought the lines Carly had to deliver were especially poignant, knowing about Laura's recent losses. So she had lost her mother, I think, in October, possibly. Oh, yes. And I think her father in December. And yes. then Eden has so much talent, beautiful work, ladies. So, yeah, like, I think that really captures it and everything you said. A lot about that scene was just amazing. And like you said, it was just, there's really nothing left to say about that whole thing. I think... It was just a perfect line. Let me hold your burden for you. I thought that was really sweet. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Loving do we want to go that. to lighter things, happier things? <laughs> you know what I want to go to? <laughs> what do you like, like, this is so different because we're saying I love their bond together. What do you do when you see a scene of two people and you're like, I don't know which one I, I dislike more. So you have a scene with Lulu and the DA. Oh, I fr- oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I- but in that moment, okay, so exactly that. There's two people that you don't like, but I really liked the DA and how she addressed Lulu. I was on the DA side in that scene, oddly enough. I was for like, for, for most of it. Because, you know, part of me is like, okay, I I would assume I like <laughs> Lulu more than the DA. But then when the DA is like, no, this is like not, this is off the record. Then I was just like, okay, I'm kind of on the DA's side because who is Lula to decide what is and what isn't on the record? I'm like, you're so special. Oh my God, you're so special. And so she said, okay, so, so yeah, so the DA goes there, she's probing for certain kind of information. And then as soon as she leaves, Lulu is kind of like, okay, there, there's something, let me like go back in, mm-hmm. in like my files. I just couldn't understand. How are you investigating the Ryan Chamberlain murders at your house in the woods? Like, did you see her windows? It's just trees there. <laughs> everywhere it's terrifying I love her house though it's freaking beautiful oh, like I love that beautiful. set like film more scenes there I love her house even though even the like DA <laughs> even the it. DA's like nice house <laughs> I know I was just like what is she getting at what is she getting at she like because Lulu and Dante don't even know that Sunny kind of went behind their back and helped them get the house they don't know that oh okay 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 <laughs> so I was just like back off DA back off <laughs> but what I thought was super kind of insulting was like later on I believe Lulu said this either I think I think possibly when she was talking to Peter that if the police found this information and so could she I know I, I was I, like I... ouch <laughs> no wonder Dante took off and he's delving deeper into his undercover work. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's a great excuse. I'll use that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, it's one thing for us to make fun of the PCPD, but you can't do it. You're married to the PCPD. But I, yeah. I have to say, like, Peter showing up and having to have that conversation with Lulu and, like, because, of course, you have to have this conversation with her. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I mean, 
Like Peter is telling you, you can't publish information that's critical to an ongoing investigation because this could be like dangerous. You were detrimental. Your your brother was a cop. I don't understand. You know this. I'm like, wow, slap in the face. When you were having dinner with Dante, clearly you were ignoring him. OMG. I can't believe he literally had to say the words detrimental to the case. And then she she kind of reacted like, oh, that's the first time that's crossed my mind. But exactly. (laughs) That's why I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, two, like, straight-up insults at Dante. Um, Okay, but earlier than that, Sunny comes over and starts asking about Dante. So I'm wondering, okay, maybe more I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we're going to kind of, that the storyline is going to pick up some like some speed to it because clearly Dante's not coming back. I mean, he left the show and I'm kind of cool with them not like recasting. And I kind of think this idea is really interesting that he took off because she, she, she's selfish. She's Lilith. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad, but I kind of, I would prefer that. I think, yeah, I I like it. I like it. So when they file the paperwork and it's, you know, the check boxes, he the adds reason. a check box that says, because she is Lulu, check. <laughs> oh my gosh. All that was like super Uh-oh. fun and interesting. So Maxie shows up to take her to her own mother's election. So Lulu, she got there on time. Yeah. But she kind of lingered on it. And then Maxie obviously goo-goo eyes when Peter walks in thinking that Peter was there to see her. (laughs) I love her. She's so wonderful in her own little world of magic. Why would you be be here to see Lulu? (laughs) That was amazing. That was so classic. Oh my gosh. But what I think is kind of interesting is that, okay, so right after he goes from Lulu's house, he goes to see Anna and he seems to have, you know, a, you know, he's willing to give her a chance. He enjoyed himself at Christmas. He's pouring mm-hmm. over the files that she gifted him. But when they were talking, I was into it. I was. I was into it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Anna's not being lame. This is going really well. But then yes. I started thinking to myself, because obviously he mentioned his sister, Robin. And then I was sort of like, wait a minute. Mac raised mm-hmm. your sister, but he also raised oh, her soon-to-be Mac. girlfriend. Right, right, right. Weird. Beyond weird. However, we have discussed on numerous occasions that if we broke things down in terms of relationship and who is related and vaguely related to or related by marriage, oh boy, it would be something. (laughs) It it really would be something. So they, (laughs) like, it wouldn't even be six degrees. It'd be like two degrees away from being siblings. (laughs) There's like a ton of uncle dads on the show, so... Well, okay, so in saying that, he says, what does he say? Uh, my nephew, I want to learn about the family because of my nephew. But the reality is you're in love with Maxie. So this is all very yeah. weird. <laughs> I'm going to stop you because I think you're scratching something. Oh, Like something was literally like you were scratching a pen into my ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep that, please? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We'll find out Saturday morning. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So- the election. The election lasted two days. Yes. They're supposed to last like a night, but whatever. They lasted two days. Um, so you have like this sort of party happening at the floating rib, and then apparently nobody wanting to hang out with Ned at his house. <laughs> I was just like, that sucks. Okay, so there's something I have to point out, and this is kind of like for you, for you okay. that, I, that I observed this. I know how you feel about Olivia, okay? 
Okay, follow yeah. me so far. Yeah. So I noticed that when Ned and Olivia were watching the interview together, mm-hmm. I honestly think that was her best acting. She oh my nodded God, along. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She nodded along to the interview. It really wasn't over the top. It was perfect. And then you contrast that to later where she just went into complete hysterics that the murderer would kill Ned. We're like, what are you talking about? And he had to remind her, I'm rich. I'm super rich. I'm protected compared to everybody else. Don't worry about it. it. And it's funny because I did think that when I watched that scene. Another thing I noticed in that scene, which is kind of random, um, they were, I was really hungry and they were eating popcorn. And, I, and I'm like, of course, the quarter maids eat popcorn out of crystal bowls. Who has plastic oh, wow. in the quarter maids? <laughs> Wow. I just I think like I got my that, plans uh, for later on that, tonight. I'm gonna <laughs> Oh gosh. I don't I don't have a crystal like a bowl, but I have a crystal like glass. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Be like, look at me, I'm so fancy. <laughs> don't even know what accent that was. But <laughs> you eat your popcorn. I can't do accents for beans. So I'm not I, gonna <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there. Um, okay, did you notice this? Did you notice this? After Ned loses. Okay, him and Olivia are just having this moment of like, I love you, I appreciate you. And then when they like hug and let go, <laughs> you see that Michael and Monica are awkwardly still there in the scene. <laughs> no, I that killed me. It was so funny because they lost. It was really disappointing. And everyone, like, that was my favorite. Like, Michael is so funny without kind of realizing it sometimes. So Ned's standing alone. And then you have all three of them in the background. So Olivia, Michael, and Monica. And everyone's kind of, like, squirming around awkwardly, like, sorry, Ned. And then Olivia steps up. And they're having a moment. But their moment kind of went on for a while. And then I just loved how, like, and they're, like, just awkwardly there. And even earlier, even earlier before they got the the results of the election. <laughs> You were making like out. Gonna say, yes, okay. The okay, naked. I was like, I was like, okay, for sure. Somebody had to explain to him what that meant before he said necking. I'm sorry. He's young. How would he know what that no, meant? No, I really feel like it was not scripted. He's kind of silly and funny on his regular Instagram. I would I love feel it like if it was if, not scripted. You know what? You're right. He is a little dorky in his real life, so he probably did know what <laughs> I didn't that want to meant. Say that, but yeah. <laughs> He probably didn't know what that meant. So then, okay, so from the quarter main super sad house to where everybody else was, including all of the one extra they hired that was at the floating <laughs> rib. Did you notice the, like, one girl that we didn't know? It's like everybody else is, like, a cast member. And then there's this one girl we don't know holding Laura's shoulder, like, waiting for the results. I was like, you go, one extra girl. You you make your mark. You touch one of the main iconic characters. <laughs> As we wait the results, because you know they can't do a bajillion takes, so you take advantage. That was just so funny, though, but I'm just like, if you're going to have extras, mix it up. Like, this one person? When do we get to be those extras? we got to start working on that. Seriously. Okay, so I'm going to say something that I think might shock you. Shock and awe. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me take a breath. Okay, I'm ready. I found, and this is a lot coming from me, I found Mm -hmm. Elizabeth to be very enjoyable at the floating rib. Oh, my God, there's like a pause. You're like... I did not pick up on any of those things. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Over my head. <laughs> I guess but there I are did. times that I don't pay super close attention because I have her categorized in my brain, so sometimes it doesn't stick out. However, I did very much enjoy her with Cameron, like you said, with the speech. There were parts of 
of she this week that really stood out, right? She made a joke. And maybe that's what kind of did it for me. You know I like the funnies. And then she made a joke that was sort of, like, lighthearted. Like, she laughed at it. You know what it is? When she made that joke to Cam, she she reminded me of that moment where she was, like, tickling Aiden on the couch. And I told you that moment Aww. didn't even look like the actress. It just looked... Sorry, it didn't look like, you know, the act... The, who, who's, who's on the show? <laughs> Okay, this is a podcast about General Hospital there in Port Charles. So it didn't look like the character. <laughs> it didn't look like the character Elizabeth. It felt like the actress, like the person. Like, I can't keep saying actress because that's so confusing. It was like Rebecca. Rebecca. It was. It was like Rebecca, the real person, because she was so natural. And then when she made that joke to to like Cam, I've never seen her so like loosey goosey. And I think also the reason I liked her at the floating rib because I've told you I like her in a very context specific way and because none of her children were there and none of them were lost at a vending machine I think I liked her because she was with other people and she was genuinely happy and she was like happy and there was nobody there that was giving her like making her give attitude oh so true very good point there was no side eye there was no attitude it was just her being her which was really nice and refreshing and I kind of like that her boys get to be like my grandma's the mayor me too I really like that hopefully Aiden will get popular now that everybody will exactly. know his exactly. Did you catch what Carly's like? Your first business should be to fire the DA. <laughs> yes, I loved it. Oh, Carly stole this week for me. Honestly, she gets my like gold star. I don't really have a gold star rating system, but she gets this one, like a mental one in your head. <laughs> Absolutely, there were so many scenes that she did this week that stuck out for me, and for the election, the celebration for Laura. When she was with Sam, I absolutely love seeing her and Sam together. Yeah. And they're and especially so they're, you know, having their beer and they're talking about something sad. But it also turns light when she goes to see Carly and says, I have to go. And she's like, Oh, Carly says to Sam, Oh, you have to go and see Jason. She says, like, say hi <laughs> to Jason. I just oh, I was dying yeah. because that's what I love. Like that's what makes it really special. Like these are longtime characters and they're big characters. You know, Sam, mm-hmm. Carly, Lord, those are huge huge actors on the show and I just love watching their relationship display like those little comments they're just everything so yes I love Carly and Sam they're getting along I love it so much and not only that like are you kidding me a scene with Sam Carly and Laura wow that was amazing that was everything this week that was really cool I mean it all kind of ended when you got psycho clapped like Laura gets elected. <gasps> that was so messed. Uh. <laughs> he's like, psycho clap this. It's <laughs> like, ew, ew. That could be that could have been a meme. What you just said, along with him and his expression. <laughs> I feel like it's even like a remix of a dance song. Like, <laughs> okay, so okay, so earlier I loved Laura's comment to Sam. Okay, so Curtis and Jordan come to get some more information about oh, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I don't know, I just felt like because Laura was mentioning the name Wilson a little bit, I was just like, oh my gosh, can this not be a freaking group meeting? Like, I was so annoyed at this moment. And then I love how Laura was a bit ticked off as she goes to the stamp. She's like, shouldn't you know he's your partner? Shouldn't you know what's going on? Tell us, tell us. I don't know, I just kind of felt like they should have included everybody. I mean, since when is a PCPD going to be like, let's abide by confidentiality? I love when uh, Jordan goes, goes to Margo, do you have a problem with Curtis being here? Do you have a problem with my husband looking at our files? I <laughs> know. <laughs> All of it was hilarious it. to me because the floating rib, and then they have this like private confidential meeting with Mac. But like, 
who Max feels like, I'm going to take this information and I'm going to go call a bunch of people about it. And then off, I I, I can't even talk about it, but I mean, him just like, hey, Kevin, Kevin, let me (laughs) tell you all this information. It was just like, of course it's going to get back to Kevin. Like, this is just, like, the whole thing was just so convoluted. Like, none of it was confidential. I feel like you should just have a town meeting and discuss this case. Might as well. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was really scared that when Ryan bumped into to Finn, that Finn would die. But it looks like he's not because. <laughs> oh, I just heard it. I just heard it. I, I, okay, good. <laughs> I, I meant murder. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Johnny, because you know, like all the times on soap operas, people like fall down the stairs and they die or they lose a baby. Yes. Donnie kind of thought that happens in real life that you could die from falling down the stairs. I'm <laughs> sure it's possible, but I was like, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did anyone use stairs? Okay, bumping into each other. Yeah. So I, so, so Finn's not going to die because it looks like Ryan is skipping town. Yeah. And he asked Ava to come with him. Oh, that one. I don't think she's going to she... go. <laughs> Because of Avery. <laughs> she's not going to go. But I loved her plan. Like, if I didn't know that the person she's sleeping with was the person that murdered her daughter, I would have thought what she was doing was good. Making I agree. I like, I like the mindset. And she's strong enough. You know that if she's being bait, she can handle the situation. That's what I like about her. Regardless of who she is, she's a really strong woman, really strong character. She makes irrational decisions. However, if she gets her hands on him, <laughs> it's over. But she was totally cool about what she was doing. She's like, I'm just gonna hang out here and let him come try to kill me, and then I have this little gun here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder him. Like she was pretty, like this is like going for coffee with her. She was totally fine with it. But my heart broke a little bit for Franco, you know, like he he calls Kevin out a little bit on his odd behavior, you know, thinking it's odd that he's supporting Ava's little plan. But then he breaks up with Franco. So sad. It is really sad. And Franco's like, I'm gonna go get my file. Then he has an argument with that secretary. What I thought was really ridiculous, that secretary was like, No, you can't come in here. You can't get your file. I'm gonna have to go now and leave you alone. <laughs> it, this, this, this end of Please the hallway that's isolated <laughs> that you could probably break into because you're a killer. Bye. That oh, was so ridiculous. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. But I mean, the box is there. I just don't know. I don't know. Like, it's there. It's a hint. It's hope. But I kind of feel like he won't find it. I agree. He just won't. They're <laughs> going to get close enough. But, well, it's the same scene with Laura when she walks up to uh, Kevin Ryan and he has the license. He's actually being very blatant, holding the license plate of the last victim. And he just puts his thumb on the picture and puts it away. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he keeps staring at that one. I'm just saying, you have a lot of IDs. Why do you keep staring at him? Oh, I guess it's because it was the most recent one. It's the most recent. I think it's because of that. And people are still talking about it. And it's like, it's important to him. Or he has that. He just feels special. Kevin, right? <laughs> Kevin feels special. <laughs> <laughs> Not the dead guy. Wow. I don't feel well. Um, <laughs> I always feel special, but yeah, I was referring to Kevin because he likes the attention. He's like he's living on the high. That's the word I was looking for. He's like oh, living on the high. Living on the high of <laughs> murder. <laughs> Murdering. <laughs> so I don't even know what that was. <laughs> that I'm not cutting. I don't know what that was. Your little ad lib, but it's saying, 
Um, <laughs> um, Obrecht. Yes. Finish your laugh and then join in. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm done the giggles. That's all I got. She's a delight. <laughs> like a long time ago, she wasn't, and now she is. And I like to see her. Check mark. <laughs> done. Love Obrecht. Entertaining. Move I, love, on. I mean, the way she was messing with Valentine was just something else. I thought it was hilarious, but I don't know. I, I don't know if she's going to crack because I think he, I think he threatened to murder her, right? <laughs> Because he threatened her. Oh, yes, yes. He did a while ago. And she said that if that actually happened, she has um, letters. Exactly. That are going to the appropriate people that everything will come out and and he'll be screwed regardless. Well, she got mad at Nina when Nina tried, you know, saying Sasha with with Nathan. What about Nina? No, just that she's kind of embodying what she's doing with Charlotte. Her attitude and just being kind of a little bit insensitive to people. And the way she was speaking to Obrick, it just, it wasn't nice i mean i know she's not the nicest person either over it but at the same time you have to watch what you're saying i know she's definitely embodying charlotte <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i felt i like i mean obviously i can understand why it stings is you're comparing a stranger to her son and the stranger is willingly pretending to lie about who she is um yeah but i, I don't know because what you have is you have Peter having a conversation with Valentine saying, you know, I think Obrecht might let out this information sooner than you think. And then Obrecht kind of says to me, I have something to tell you. So I don't know. I don't know if she's going to tell her or not. I think it'd be super fun if she did, but I don't know. But then she'd be out of her job at Valentine Industries. Exactly. She's going to I think you can get something. fired for that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. So Peter, Valentine. So Peter told Valentine about what happened with Anna. Did you think mm. it was odd? Like, Valentine being super, I mean, interested? It's just weird. It's such a love-hate relationship. Like, is he in love with this girl still? <gasps> uh, well, maybe there's a part of him that cares if she's alive or not. He likes the rivalry, but he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to her. For real. That's true. That's true. You need, like, she needs to be there so that they can have that animosity. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Thin line between love and hate. But it's just not romantic love, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, totally not. Okay, just checking. So the whole thing, I'm sorry, but like, like sometimes, I know this is stupid, but when I'm watching, I'm like, wow, you guys are really good actors. Because I really bought Anna's whole thing. Like, it wasn't a typical, oh, I fainted. It was really, (laughs) it was so cool. It was really, it was different. But... Like, it's, it was really scary and terrifying. It was. She did a really good job. I agree with you. And I'm hoping that, you know, her psych comes back and that it's not permanent. But she did a very good job. And it was very well written. Yes. And it's obviously something that would bring Peter closer to her. He did agree. I mean, he's obviously, he has one foot in the door. I mean, he, he accepted a rotation at Christmas. He's looking over the file. He wants to know more. But obviously... This will pull him in and seeing Anna that vulnerable, I think, will allow him to really have a shift in the way he actually feels about her rather than how he thinks about her. So that'll be really interesting to see. So I don't know what to think about Anna's doctor. He seems to be going off the deep end. So I'm, I, I said this a while back. I'm glad that, that they're making this whole Kiki's loss real, that Griffin is still really sad. But now he's, I mean, he's angry. He was a priest. He's, he's lost all hope. He's he's questioning mm-hmm. it's like having a crisis of faith and so he's, he's he's in there and he's just not he's in the chapel Sonny's there he's not 
taking any comfort. He doesn't want any comfort from Sunny whatsoever. The one part that stuck out, I mean, I know the guy's suffering, but I just feel like not only is he like grieving and, and questioning everything, he's also having brain farts because he's talking to Sunny and he's like, you know, everyone keeps saying that Kiki would have done this or done that. And it's just like, if I don't know, how do they know? And I'm like staring at the TV and going like, well, they knew her longer. Like, I don't understand why you can't answer your own question. Like you only dated her a few months. Because, like, before that, you were dating her mom. So you were actually spending more time with Ava, which meant you weren't really knowing Kiki. Whatever. Maybe she told him stories. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just thought that part was really hilarious. And then he took his anger on the road and directed it at Finn later on. Finn's, like, obviously freaking out. You know, it, it's his girlfriend. He loves her. He's worked really hard to, to be with her and make all of this work. And so he's not thinking like a doctor right now. And, and, and he, for, for Finn... To call Griffin out on his bedside manner is saying a lot. Oh, yeah. Huge for Mr. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for Finn in that moment having to deal with Griffin. And then Griffin, like, clearly being triggered, getting all angry, being like, I'm a medical man. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So this was a great week. <laughs> we should... <laughs> um, okay. Good night. <laughs> So I'll talk to you next Friday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.